excited about today's episode because we talk about is your music brand on point? I have a fantastic guest. Can't wait to share it with you. Right now is the best time ever to be in the music industry. The opportunities to build, engage, and monetize a fan base has never been easier. So why do so many artists still feel stuck and frustrated? Because the music industry is constantly evolving, and they aren't. I created this podcast as a way to help you navigate the music industry, to stay up to date with the changes, to help get your mind focused on what really matters. My name is Rick Barker, and I went from living homeless on the streets, addicted to drugs, to helping launch one of the biggest stars in the world. I've consulted major labels like Sony and Big Machine Records, talent TV shows like American Idol and The Launch. I co-authored the $150,000 music degree, and I speak at music conferences all over the world. I have a goal to affect millions of people with songs I didn't write or perform by helping creatives just like you get your content to the world. This podcast is one of my ways to achieve that. Welcome to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Man, I'm pumped that we're finally getting a chance to talk. When I heard you on that summit that we both took part in, I was just blown away with your uh, your laid-backness, but the quality of your material, it's like I'm always looking for other people. People confuse me sometimes. They're like, why are you always finding other people that do what you do and sharing them with your audience? I said, because I love introducing people to other points of view because your experiences are your experiences. My experiences are my experience. I mean, we could title 10 videos the exact same title and all those videos would be completely different because they come from two different points of view. Absolutely. No, I agree. I'm glad you see it that way as well. Um, and, you know, I, I see your viewpoint because, you know, I came to this industry from other industries, from real estate, energy efficiency, software development. And what I noticed is that each one of those industries always had like associations or groups within, you know, the local region that would kind of help cultivate the business. Yep. Um, and it, at least in the DMV area, that doesn't exist for the music industry. I know in Nashville, New York, you know, Atlanta, LA, that potentially exists, but definitely not around here. And, you know, I'm the same, I feel the same way as you, like give the information out there. Let's have a nice competitive, knowledgeable industry. Well, and the thing too, is I think that people need to understand that no one has two weight loss books on the shelf. Right. No one goes to the gym and does just one exercise. The goals are the same, but you have to do a bunch of different things. And one of the areas that I really liked that you focused on is the branding side. And I spend a lot of time in the entrepreneur space and I'm trying to teach musicians to be entrepreneurs. But one thing is they create this music, they throw it out there and they don't sit back and real, really study. Is it on point with who I am as a person? Is it on point with the audience that I'm trying to serve? Are they just throwing a whole bunch of stuff out there hoping that something sticks? So before we jump into that, I really want to dive into the branding with you. Let, let me get to know a little bit about you. Share with everyone a little bit about your story and how you came into the, the music entrepreneur space. Okay, so my name is Matej. Um, I'm originally from Slovakia, Eastern Europe, moved to the U.S. in 95. I've been an entrepreneur probably since high school, you know, probably middle school to be honest, but um, went to school for mechanical engineering, dropped out my third year after I guess I absorbed all the sciences and all the knowledge. I knew I did not want to be stuck in a cubicle working on, you know, who knows what type of design for another company. 
So I started my first company with one of my uh, best friends uh, in real estate first. That was before the market crashed. We learned a great deal of good information from it, great experience. Then we had a company in energy efficiency, which was my largest venture. We grew that from zero to 50 employees in the DC area. Um, and unfortunately, making a long story short, the current administration's policies kind of killed that industry. So we had to shut it down. But um, through that company and some other you know, side ventures during that time, really taught me a lot about entrepreneurship, building a company, cultivating a team, branding, marketing, the technologies needed behind a business to thrive, to make it, you know, very efficient. Um, and when the money was good, I always wanted to get back into music. The reason I say that in high school, because I was a foreign kid and I couldn't have side hustles like some of my friends did, you know, with selling a little bit of weed here and there, things like that. <laughs> I was uh, selling CDs, which I know it's ironic, right? The industry hated it, but that was at the time in the early 2000 when the whole thing exploded. So I always told myself I wouldn't have a record label. So when the money was good with the energy efficiency company, I spent a little too much money in my basement, converting my basement to a legit recording studio. And I started, I kind of opened it to the public in 2013, had some engineers under contract to, to allow them to bring clients through. And, you know, I automatically turned into a business, but I did not have time to focus on the industry at all, um, except maybe part-time, you know, here and there until about uh, 2017. So once, I had to dissolve the company energy efficiency. I had a choice to make either I'm potentially going to work for somebody else or let me just do another venture. So, you know, with all my savings, I um, told myself I was going to dive into the music industry full time. And, you know, sure enough, within that time, I've been able to put together a small team of digital marketers. That's the service that we actually provide. I don't really sell it too much online. It's, you know, one of those things where I just give out information and the business comes to us. Sure. You know, people trust us that they at least know, you know, someone what I'm talking about. So, but that, that's the story, you know, so I always wanted to get in the music industry. And once my back was against the wall, I felt that I had to figure it all out, you know, and thank God I had enough experience in other industries that gave me a, you know, a huge boost because to be honest with you in 2013, I was very naive about the music industry, just like many artists are, you know, I had a little bit of success in 2011 on YouTube with an ex-girlfriend of mine when I was producing early on, we, put out some cover songs on YouTube and we got like 100,000, 200,000 views. But what I realized later on, that was the, that was when YouTube was getting started. Right. Same strategy now, it still works, but it's just so saturated that you're not going to be as lucky and excited by putting the first video out and like just blowing out the water. But anyway, was, that's the story. So Yeah, I was working with a group of girls, Cimarelli, who were one of the first big YouTubers. And at the time, YouTube was the only place that you could get video. Now you have video on Twitter, you have video on Facebook, you have video on Instagram. So when a lot of people are complaining that, oh my gosh, my YouTube views are down, that just means the, the views that you can get aren't down. They're actually bigger. It's just spread out over five or six pieces of real estate than it is in that one piece of real estate. I love when smart business people like yourself decide to come in and help the music industry. Too often, I think people think that the music industry is so different, and it's not. You're creating a product, and you need to get that product in front of the right people. Same thing if you're a hamburger, Budweiser, you know, you're creating a product, you need to get it in front of the right people. And with social media, people are just splattering it out there. And I use the analogy a lot. I said, I don't care how great your hamburger is. If you open it up in a town of vegetarians, you screwed yourself. 
And I think that's what happens sometimes is that people are just trying to feed their product to the wrong person. And when they step back and they say, okay, let me figure out who I am as a brand. And a brand is more than your font and your logo and your colors. Absolutely. And people think that, well, my brand's on point. I got a great logo. I got a great this. Branding is so much more than that. Talk a little bit about when you and your team sit down with an artist and you try to establish their brand. And I'm going to share some information on where you can get to know more about Matei and, and the services that he provides, because as he's not promoting his services, I think that you're going to want to check out what it is because every day people come to me and say, Hey, can you and your team help me build my brand? That's not what I do. My, my goal is you create it. I'll help you get rid of it. And I will, for personal coaching clients, we sit down and we do the whole branding, but most people need to do a lot of this stuff on their own. So talk a little bit about you and your team sitting down with an artist, trying to determine what their brand is. Absolutely. So when it comes to a brand, as you said, it's way more than just the music, your font and your logo. It's, you know, the, when I consider a brand, it's the story, your morals, what you stand for. If you're a company, what you stand for as a company, if you're an artist, what do you stand for as an artist? And branding is really highlighting everything else around you besides the music, what I would say. I love B-roll footage. I love, you know, when the artists are willing to do little vlogs or vlogs um, about their, their family, where they came from, you know, who, who they're surrounded by. And what I suggest to artists is find other aspects of your life that you're passionate about. And let's kind of try to combine that with your music to see if we can find an interesting lane or a niche to market through. As an example, we had a client on board. She is a uh, talented singer. She also plays the guitar. And she also makes, you know, these little trinkets or bracelets, whatever. Mm -hmm. She was selling them on Etsy.com. First thing that came to my mind, like, boom, Pinterest, huge female audience on that platform, you know, what I think is 500 million subscribers at this point, and you can advertise on Pinterest now. So I'm just like, okay, why don't we expose that a little bit as well as since you're a musician and you already have a small fan base of customers that you sold your bracelets to, let's combine that together. You know, we also explore Reddit, Twitter. Um, uh, there's so many different platforms that are, you know, making it available to advertise through. So when we talk about a brand, I tell the artists and their team, Think about other stuff that you're passionate about. Right. And let's try to put it into your brand because you can, that's how you connect with your fans. You gotta be able to connect with the fans. And when the time is right, you can bring up your music. One of the things I noticed when I was doing some research on you is even when you have these videos in your courses, you say, and if you like the track that's being played underneath this video, you can find out how you can get it below. Yeah. It's like, here you are about to teach me, but you're still pimping the music. And there's so many places that, in real estate, I say that you have access to. You don't own it. The only real estate you own is your website and your email list. Yep. Everything else is rented. It's borrowed. Mm -hmm. But if that platform is going to give you the opportunity to set up shop, you need to set up shop. And we forget that sometimes. We're like, well, I'm over here on Etsy. I can't talk about my music. Oh, yes, you can. I'm on Pinterest. I can't talk about my music. That's not what they're here for. Well, those that are there for it, give them at least an opportunity to understand more and get to know more about it. I was looking at some of the successes that you've had. So when you sit down with an artist and you lay out their plan, you use the word a lot, strategy. And I think that word is misused 
in a lot of places. It's like, okay, my strategy is I'm going to get on as many playlists as possible. And I'm like, if that's your only marketing strategy, you're screwed. <laughs> Let me just say that right now. That's just a piece of the strategy. What is a strategy that you found to be successful in the various places that you found that music, uh, musicpreneurs, entrepreneurs can succeed? Like you said, there's a lot of strategies, right? Um, the way I like to break it down is that make a year goal, which is going to be a broader goal. That's how I like to do it. And then reverse engineer and break it down into sizable chunks that you can accomplish. Then make like quarterly goals. So if you say you want to have your brand go from A to Z in a year, okay, there's plenty of ways to do it. And you should be doing multiple things in parallel. So have a strategy for a particular platform. If you're going to say social media, analyze your resources that you have around you or maybe just yourself and say well how much time do i have throughout today how many can i really tackle if it's going to be only one or two social media platforms okay pick the top two i say the top three for most musicians are facebook instagram and youtube right if you're gonna have to focus on it so make a strategy for that every one of these social networks is slightly different be native on these platforms then make a strategy for uh physical street marketing do you have big colleges around you? Do you are you in a near big city? Can you get on the corner with a Bluetooth speaker and you know uh, sing your songs or whatever? If you're out there, get people to give me your email addresses. Bring a clipboard. I don't know. Print out business cards with a you know QR code on it. So what I mean by that is there's a lot of strategies that you can utilize um, as independent artists. And what I love to always talk about is that you have to realize what level you're on, right? Right. I love the analogy you gave earlier with Burger King. If you're starting a food truck, there's no way you can utilize the same marketing strategies that a McDonald's would use, right? You have to be different. So for artists, they're always looking at the artists, the, the artists that made on the major level. And they're like, man, this guy's talking about going to the studio for the next month and making the album. Well, he's got 10 people behind him taking care of all the other stuff. And these independent artists, they don't have that. So they have to realize what level they're on and uh, devise a strategy according to that. You know, that's what I would say. And there's a I lot love of that. play at your level. Yeah. And as your level increases, the level of resources increases, the level of responsibility increases, which a lot of people don't understand. It's like, be careful wanting a big team in the beginning if you've never ran a team. Uh, a lot of times it can slow you down having more people involved. And I think with the resources that we have available today is I always say start at the goal and work backwards. I love how you said have things work at parallel. That's a great analogy. There's certain things that, you know, while you're recording the music, you could be creating the, the B-roll footage. You could be recording the content. You could be, you know, building a content library of videos and still images and quotes. And you can take everything in the studio. I was, people were laughing at me one time as we were in the studio and in Nashville, you go in, you play a demo, and then the band leader starts tracking the music and writing down the charts for the other musicians to play. And they're all scribbling notes. And when they were done, they were like throwing them in the trash. I'm like, no, give those to me. All of you sign them. I want everybody who played on this record to sign these sheets because I can use those as PDF giveaways later. I can snap pictures of the original charts and use yeah. that in a, in a bundle. And, you know, you, what, what we assume is just garbage is something to the fans. Imagine your favorite artist, if you were able to have the tracking sheet when your favorite song was recorded in a studio, what that little piece of memorabilia would mean to you. I remember one time, every time they would change Taylor's guitar strings, 
they would just cut them up, wrap them up and get ready to throw them away. And I'm like, no, put them in the package that the new strings just came out of, put the date on it, have her sign it. And what show she did, you know, was this used for this award show? I've got drumsticks. She doesn't play the drums. Well, her drummer played the drums. So I took his drumsticks and said, Taylor, sign these drumsticks. And I have a box. I call it my kid's college fund that one day I'll just sell all that crap on eBay. But we take advantage. we, We take for granted sometimes that this is our everyday life. Well, this isn't Molly's everyday life in Wisconsin who follows you. You know, this is your life. So everything that you do on a daily basis, you in the palm of your hand, you have your own multimedia studio. You've got your own blogger, your PR firm, your videographer, your photographer, your bank. I mean, everything you need is at the palm of your hand right now. You can run the Someone said one time I was at a digital marketing conference and they said, this little device that's in your hand right now is more powerful than the computer that Ronald Reagan used to run the country. And I was like, holy cow, you know, it's like we, we take for granted sometimes that what we have in our hand every day, one of the things I like to coach the folks that I work with is that every day your goal should be, how do I get my music and content in front of as many people as possible? Not mm-hmm. let me sit around and wait and hope that all these people find me, that hope marketing that you're probably very familiar with that a lot of people do, but it's like we need to be in the push and the pull not just try to grab everyone we've got to put we've got to bait them you know we've got to chum the waters at the recording of this video shark week starts next week so everybody's excited about shark week we have to chum the waters and hope that we attract the big sharks but first we may get the little sharks we may get those those fish that are curious about what just hit the water but at some point you keep throwing the right bait out there you're going to catch that big fish now we have to make sure that you're prepared for when you land that big fish. It's one thing to get a bite from a big fish. And this is a fishing analogy. I just put a barracuda in the boat a couple of weeks ago. It's one thing to attract it. It's one thing to get it to bite. It's another thing to land it in the boat. So as artists, we should always be thinking, what bait are we using? Are we fishing with the right equipment? If we get that big fish on the hook, are we prepared to bring it in the boat? Because a lot of times artists aren't prepared when that big fish shows up and they lose it. And that's what I think having a solid brand, having solid uh, media awareness, having a, a proper website. It's like when they find you, when they discover you, what is it that they're going to see next? And when your brand is on point, you can look as professional as any major label artist out there for a fraction of the cost without being in recoupable debt to a label. That word's being thrown around a lot with the whole Taylor Swift situation that's going on. You have such an advantage right now with the same tools. You may not have the same funding. You may not have the same resources, but there's a difference between resources and resourcefulness. If you as an independent artist can get resourceful, game changer at that point. Absolutely. Yeah, 100% agree because, you know, I tell artists all the time, it's never been better to make it in the music industry than today in 2019 because if you just look at 2000, the amount of resources to have distribution channels for CDs and to have, you know, to have all these different partnerships in this ecosystem for you to succeed was not available yet. It wasn't there. You know, in the 90s, for sure, it wasn't there. So it was an entirely different 
uh, business model, you know, and a lot of artists think that just because they're talented, they are, you know, uh, going to blow up. And what I tell them again, a business analogy, supply and demand, there's like an oversupply of talent. Like there's so much talent out there that the question now becomes in 2019 is, can you figure out how to be creative and resourceful, as you said, enough to get through that noise, to get seen first by your local city and your fans, then you keep stepping up to different levels and then you can be seen by somebody like yourself or, you know, Coach K in Atlanta or a major label, but you have to set up this base because if you ever get an opportunity to talk to a major label and they're giving you a deal and you don't have enough leverage, you're going to get screwed in my opinion, you know? Well, your opinion is correct. And right now they're looking for small businesses to invest in. And if your business is already functioning and your business is already making money, now it doesn't have to be making money at the level because they know how to do that. Right. They're just not real good at starting businesses anymore. Right. Because they don't control everything like they used to. So what they're looking to do, and I use Florida Georgia Line as a perfect example, is this band went out and started the fire on their own. And then the label came in, signed them, and threw the gasoline on the fire. And then Nelly came along and even torched that fire after that when he heard that one song and he collaborated with them on that. You said something, and as a coach, as a business owner, as a mentor, we find ourselves also being therapists. How do you manage expectations to help people determine what making it means to them? Right. So and you're I'm glad you bring that up because a lot of the younger generation kids you know and I call them kids but they're really in their mid-20s they have a wrong perception about how long it takes right so first thing I always tell them is look I'm 35 so I've now had the experience of actually taking two startups from nothing to being very successful and it's about three to five year journey you know that's realistic so when I tell them what they need to do they have to be consistent one they have to understand, they have to invest a lot into themselves. If in the beginning is not money, a lot of time for sure, yep. money will come, but it may take three years before even you're even in the position to be able to start making that money back. I think you could do it earlier these days, you know, especially yep. when you can be consistent with like, honestly, $1,000 a month of strategic marketing online and things like that. Every single month in the six to nine months, you're in a position where you have an e-commerce platform, you can start selling the merchandise back and getting your fans engaged on levels where you can start monetizing it. You know, that's a different story. But I do tell them they have to be very realistic that what they see online by looking at major artists, they're looking at essentially movies and stories. Do not watch, you right. know, you're going to make it. Don't follow uh, most artists online and see what they're doing because a lot of times the label, you know, like I tell them like this, would a label want their artists to look like they're the, you know, the, the man in high school and every girl wants them and everything comes so easy for them and they're the superstar and the, you know, all-star basketball and football player and all of that? Or would they, would the label want them to talk about the back end stuff? Like, man, we spend eight hours with the lawyer in the office. Man, it took me 10 hours to write this song and work with the producers. It's not as exciting to the fan base, right? So when the artists look at it, they have to realize that the reality is, A, they're in the entertainment industry. B, what the artists are talking about may not be the reality behind it. And if right. they want to learn it, look at people like me and you, the managers that are really talking about how to grow your brand and just be realistic. Understand that you have to invest a lot of time for at least three years. You know, but Gary Vee talks about this a lot as well. At what point are you delusional, right? If you go hard for three years, you, have, you also have to be very uh, – 
cognizant about the feedback you're getting back from the po you know from the population. And I tell artists nowadays, it's so easy. It doesn't cost that much money. It's a couple hundred, couple hundred dollars to make a lyric video or just an official music video that's clean enough to make it a YouTube ad, get in front of thousands of people and get the feedback from them right. through the comments or Facebook, you know, and be realistic. If people give you feedback that, man, that, you know, even when they go, like, man, this shit sucks. Don't lose faith. Just go back to the drawing board and get better. Practice makes perfect. Well, and don't just... If one person says it sucks, don't change your whole plan. But if 10 or 20 people tell you it sucks, they may be on to something. Because <laughs> there's some people out there that just love to hate. They spend all day just, you know, trying to put people down. But sometimes I think artists ignore the fact that their stuff isn't competitive. And you were talking about stories. Uh, the Voice, American Idol, America's Got Talent. The story of struggle is real. And that's why those shows do so well. They just don't have a show and say, okay, let me show you the 10 winners. It's like, no, let's take you on this journey that this person went through. We can learn a lot from these shows. Now, we're learning that they don't necessarily make you a star, but boy, do they give you a platform and a commercial for the right artist to be able to take advantage of these situations. I just recently ran a, a Facebook ad and it was a video of why American Idol and The Voice don't work. And it... It was a lot of it was clickbait, you know, the title was clickbait, but I was actually complimenting the shows and they're like, well, what about Carrie Underwood and Kelly Clarkson? And I'm like, yeah, they came at a time when one, they had Simon Cowell, two, you still had to buy CDs. The only place that you could get their music was on the radio. And quite honestly, and I say this respectfully to those shows, Carrie Underwood was a star before she arrived there. They didn't make her a star they exposed her to the world. Carrie Underwood was a star. Carrie Underwood works her tail off. Kelly Clarkson works her tail off. Chris Daughtry, Adam Lambert, you know, Jennifer Hudson, even the people that didn't win, they were stars before they got to these shows. Those shows did not make them stars. Those, st those shows were able to amplify the, and showcase the talent that they had. Well, today, YouTube is your television show if you show up every day. Facebook is your television show. Uh, Instagram is more like reality TV. What's happening in real time? Facebook is more like that series that happens every single week. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do with these platforms. But I love what I tell people is, look, when you see somebody up here, the thought that should go in your brain is it's achievable. Don't compare yourself to them. One, it's, it's not fair to you and it's not fair to them because like you said, you don't know the struggle that they went through to get there. You don't know the number of no's that they received. You don't know that they might have been shelved for two years. And yeah. now this song shows up that you see them on the award shows and on the big stage. There's more failures every day in the music industry than there are successes. It's just the record companies want to amplify the success that they have because you're right. The struggle doesn't sell for the record label. The struggle sells for American Idol and the TV shows, but it also sells with life. There's a gentleman that I'm familiar with. He's a trainer and his name's Jeremy. And I mean, he was super ripped and he had all these fat clients. And one of his clients said to him, it's like, Jeremy, you've never been fat. You don't know what I'm going through. And he says, okay. So he went from fit to fat, back to fit. 
he purposely went and gained almost 100 pounds eating crap and then in real time took that weight back off to say, you know what, you're right. I don't know the struggles that you're going through. So when you're an artist looking for people to coach you, it's important today to find, I say this respectfully and somebody's probably gonna get pissed off by me saying this, a manager that had success 20 years ago that hasn't launched an artist in the digital age, yes, he's got a resume and yes, he's had success, but has he had success lately? Has he had success in this current business model? So just because Matei or myself or Chris Greenwood or Leah McHenry or any of these people that are out there putting content out into the world, just because we may not have that huge level of success, if we're having successes with people at your level, those are the people you want to pay attention to. Those are the people that Absolutely. you want to get your information from today because we're current. We yep. are up to speed with what's happening. No two artist career paths have ever been the same. Find someone that's not going to try to sell you some cookie cutter model uh, because it, it isn't the way that this business is. Everyone's struggle is real, but everyone's struggle is different. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you said, you know, to be realistic about who you're getting the information from uh, because you have to understand at what level they understand how to play the game, right? Um, and that's why, so if you, if you might've looked through my website, I was going to have a series of videos I was going to put out on various topics in the music industry. And I put out a few in 2017, but then I stopped because I was like, this industry is changing so fast. I don't know if I want to put that much effort in it. Right. Later may be outdated. So now what I do with a few select clients is I provide one-on-one -on -one training and I first get to get an understanding of who they are and how do we go forward? Because I can, I'm pretty confident in saying I know how to, create a small startup business and take it to a mid-level business, right? And I, I had a video on this recently. I've read L.A. Reid's book, right? And I've recommended I just it to my, it. Awesome. And I've recommended it to my um, artists on my private Facebook page. And I'm like, look, read this book, but understand that L.A. Reid came in a different time in the industry. And L.A. Reid knows how to blow up artists once they come on his label because he already has a million $5 million budget behind each person. He's got a staff. He has all these connections with the radio and all that. But could he do it if he didn't have any of that from, you know, from nothing to something that becomes now valuable and attractable to the, to the label? Um, and he probably would be, but, you know, he may not. And some people... But he has the resources to put you with them because L.A. Reid knows what his strengths are. I love in the book where he talks about after getting involved with the X Factor that it really screwed with his A&R because he started looking at every artist that came through his door from the lens of a television producer now, instead of the record guy that made him so successful. You know, when yep. he was able to see Usher as a kid and uh, Justin Bieber and some of these things that came through, he said after he went on the X Factor, it really screwed his A&R abilities for a while because he was looking at it through the wrong lens. And there are certain managers that are perfect when you get to a certain level because they have every connection in the world and can open up those doors for you. It's that day-to-day -day manager in the beginning that's going to go through the hustle and go through the grind and really help develop you as the artist that you can be today. And the, the ability, what you needed a label for in the past was they controlled the distribution. They controlled the relationships. They controlled everything. They don't control it anymore. The internet does. 
the internet is the biggest record label in the world right now. And yeah. people don't realize that. It's like anyone can put their music out. You can wake up in the morning and have a concept, record it, create it, shoot content on it, and get it up for sale all in a day. That's not the process that the record labels were accustomed to working with. And that's something that should excite you. Where's the best place for people to get to know more information about you besides following your fantastic Instagram page, which I'll make sure that they have access to that as well. I would say uh, Instagram is like you said, my number one um, YouTube. I need to get uh, back and be consistent with it. But YouTube has a lot of content that I put out with my podcast early on that I think is great. Uh, my website has some additional things. Um, and I guess LinkedIn, you can find out about my other entrepreneurial experience, but I'm, we're going to be putting up a new website uh, on in the next few months about my digital marketing company focus, that focuses on the entertainment industry, but really just, you know, Instagram. And, and that's what we'll do. We'll make sure we connect you with Instagram. He has a smart URL uh, as the link in his bio, which is what I use to connect to watch your YouTube videos and to see some of the other services that you provide. But uh, man, I appreciate you taking the time out to share your knowledge and experience. I was super pumped when I saw you on the summit. I started following you on Instagram, started sharing your stuff, started looking at the reaction that the people that follow me were responding to what it is that you were doing. And that's what I always love to do is to use the platforms that I have available to showcase other like-minded individuals. And what I mean by like-minded is I don't need them to think exactly like me, but they understand that there's work, there's hustle, there's opportunity, and they have the skill set to coach you to be able to take advantage of all these things. And Matei, I think you're one of those dudes, man, and I appreciate you. Thank you, man. And I, I really appreciate your feedback. And, you know, I was excited when you hit me up as well. I really respect what you've done and all your knowledge. And, man, let's, let's keep it moving. Hopefully, maybe, you know, sometime soon we can do business together. Cause I have we'll a lot get of you down to Nashville and we'll do a workshop together or something. I need to come down there because one of my producers is based out of Nashville. The guy, uh, incredible engineer, uh, Cameron Walker, he uh, does a lot of our music, mix and master and, and you know, I know Nashville is one of the hub music hubs to really be at for artists anyway. So I need to make my way down there very soon. And it's not just country music anymore. That's the cool part. I know. Awesome, brother. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Rick. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Now, if you feel that having me as a coach or a mentor would benefit you at this stage in your career, I would love nothing more than to be a part of your team. Simply go to rickbarker.com forward slash assessment. That's R-I-C-K-B-A-R-K-E-R.com forward slash assessment. A-S-S-E-S-S-M-E-N-T. Let's see if we're a good fit. By answering the questions during this free assessment, it will also give us a great starting point and next steps to move your career forward. Also, if you know someone who could benefit from this podcast, please share it. It means the world. Last thing, let's stay in touch. Follow me on socials. I'll follow you back. And until next time, have a great day. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water. You drown by staying there.